right. Sophia, thanks so much for making it. We made it. Yes. <laughs> and we finally got to meet up. This year, how many times have you been here? Uh, at least three, possibly four times. Okay. Mm, and I haven't met you. I've been to your gym a few times. And yeah. Um, met your students and um, just been around the awesome vibe. So it's lovely to uh, finally meet you in person. Yeah, so great to have you here. Thank you, you for having me. You just taught an awesome uh, workshop, The your first part, the women. Women's yep. only uh, class. Yep. And all the girls had big smiles on their faces and were really happy. Oh, good. It's and uh, really good. showed really showed that you really care and and uh, yeah, you were you were you, you love what you do. I do, I do. I um, love teaching and sharing information and concepts. I teach in a different way. A lot of the time, I cover concepts mm. <clears throat> because I I want them to understand bigger bigger ideas that mm. they can then put the techniques into. And um, I teach very – for the women's workshops, I teach very women-specific concepts mm. that often we're, we're in, situations that we're in often that aren't addressed so much because it doesn't happen to the guys so much. Right. Yeah. So there's a lot of light bulb moments or, oh, yes, or, oh, I'm glad it's not just only me that feels that, right? Mm -hmm. there's, and that then builds up that sense of uh, – community for the women because they feel that they can relate more and all that sort of stuff as well yeah yeah for sure it's totally different uh, and i was sharing with you earlier right with my my daughters it's uh and it, that is different right it's different like we went to armenia this last the last couple of weeks and she was the only girl in a room full of boys mm. and just mm. for the boys also for them to see a girl right and then for the girl to be good too and they're still kids right but as you get become an adult things are Things things change too, right? So it's, it's yes, uh, but still, just to have it's different. It's different. It is. It's a different dynamic, and it's a, an adjustment. Like even for the guys, um, to be like, oh, okay, oh, it's a girl, and she's really good. It's it's just you know the cogs are turning in their brain, and yeah. Over the years, I've always like you always hear when I because I do I like to do podcasts with a lot of my the black belts, you know, not just my black belts, but other people I've spoken to that really dedicate their, you know, their lives to jujitsu. And you always hear the story like, yeah, this girl arm barred me or this, this girl. And then I was like, I had to learn this. They become a believer. Yes. Yes. Um, well, <clears throat> it's funny because there have been quite a few guys who come back, got in touch with me mm. maybe five years later. Wow. And they've shared their story. Mm -hmm. And it's like I was their motivation to continue it's like so it's good and bad so the stories that have come my way after was that i was their motivation because they trained with me they mm -hmm. could see that you know if a girl can do it they can do it yeah right? yeah yeah and so and then there's the other that you become like their almost like their nemesis <laughs> but the power i mean just the power right because being smaller or you know being less strong the fact that you can you can submit somebody submit a strong guy like mm. that's like that's like wow yes but what's interesting is like i'm off living my life and doing my thing right right and, and then they've got this thought in their in the back of their mind that they've held on to for all these years of oh i'm going to catch up and i'm going to kick her butt <laughs> it's, it's like oh for, you've been feeling that for a, for a guy for yeah, a guy no, yes oh man it's happened a few times <laughs> really so they've got this mission they're like oh i'm going to uh, kick Sophia's butt because she like um me 5,000 times <laughs> in a row. Um, and, but for me, it's just another day on the mat, right? Yeah, that's hilarious. But for them, it's just because it goes against what a lot of boys mm. or men have been 
taught mm. for for society. You mm. know, yeah, Girls yeah, shouldn't be able to sure. do that. But for it's sure. all it's all nice. It's all yeah, fun, yeah, yeah. fun at the end of the day. But um, it's just interesting how that experience can shape someone's life so dramatically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's powerful. I mean, it's. Uh, I mean, it shows the power of jujitsu, right? The leverage and technique, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's like yeah, you get beat by you know, like somebody smaller, weaker, right? Jujitsu is an amazing sport. Um, <clears throat> it's a mental aspect that really draws me in. Mm. And um, as I've gotten older, um, and I've had some uh, quite really big injuries I've dealt with, like my knee, <clears throat> I kind of it's blown off, like ACL, MCL. Oh wow! Yeah. So it's taken away a lot of my power. I was very, very athletic as a gymnast. and um, You were a gymnast when you were younger? Yes. So I came into jiu-jitsu just this really powerful athlete, highly trained. Mm. And that's what kept me going in the early days when there, were, there was no support for women, none whatsoever. I was just this beast, literally a beast, a freak of an athlete from my gymnastics. And I say it um, without boasting fact because i look back on what i did and i'm like damn <laughs> so, so tell me i want to go into how you started in jiu-jitsu but you were a gymnast how how old how old are you when yes. you started <clears throat> oh i started a bit later uh like 10 or 11 okay but okay. um i did a one session and with my identical twin sister and then we just got we literally just got moved straight into the group that the elite uh group that trained at the gym and then we went from nothing to training like four or five hours a day and so <clears throat> that was my life and then I stopped gymnastics to uh with a big injury mm. on my shoulder and then was looking for something that gave me how old are you at the time uh 18 18 so I had a couple of years of just searching mm. but also partying <laughs> went a bit wild <laughs> Uh, I needed it, though, when you live your life with that much discipline. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, How was the gymnastics scene in Australia? Um, pretty good. I mean, I wasn't at the top, top, but mm. I, you know, trained pretty seriously. Mm. But Australia does pretty well. I mean, the countries that really rock gymnastics are Romania, yeah, yeah. United States, Russia, China. But, mm. yeah. Um, but then I fell in love with jiu-jitsu, did one session and fell in love with it. But I think in my journey of, of what held me on at the start was my athleticism. But now what's keeping me after injuries and just being a mum and being mm. older and I don't want to train like that, like I'm burnt out physically, right, mm. is the mental aspect where um, like I'm like, oh, what if we tried this? Mm. And like you literally play, play met mental tetris and mm-hmm. what about this and okay my knee does this so i can't do that but what about that and it actually it just opens up you go down one one branch of the tree and then that opens up and that opens up it's it's actually never ending and never stops right yeah never stops it's always new always changing it's amazing you always have to adapt there's always yes. new things and mm-hmm. maybe the new things are the old things but just always it's always changing yeah yeah for sure yeah so you you found you you stopped gymnastics and then you found jujitsu. Where was the first jujitsu gym that you started at? Um, oh, I think I'm sort of such a long time ago. I've almost forgotten. I, I remember more my experiences. Um, and these. What was your first? Did you, you remember your first class? Uh, yeah. Well, I sort of hopped around a little bit, but I remember. I don't know if it was my first class. I've maybe done some few classes. I was in fashion. 
So I was an artist. Okay. Uh, I was uh, in fashion design, studied garment construction, fashion drawing. Okay. I had my own fashion business. So I used to go to shops and blah, blah, blah. So I, was, okay. I remember <laughs> being dressed up. I was okay. in this little mini skirt, high heels, little black top, and I walked into the gym. And um, the guy said, um, honey, you're in the wrong place. I'm like, oh, no, I'm exactly where I, where I need to be. Uh. And he's like, Ugh. after looking me up and down, I'm like, oh. So, you know, I get my gear on and I just go about my stuff. But this stereotype was just yeah. hilarious. Just hilarious. Yeah. You made that assumption. So, and it just still happens. Because like there was no, <laughs> what year was that? That was 2002. 2002, yeah. yeah I mean, now it's time. a totally it's different uh, situation, right? Because there was no females, like, you know, just to kind of, people think, oh, there was all these girls, like, we have all these girls, and you saw, you know, the mat was filled with, with women, right? That Incredible. wasn't the case. You were Absolutely the only not. one. Yeah. Is all, you know, the only all guys. Yes. But this is Fight club <laughs> style. Absolutely. <laughs> and the women that did it were absolute boy chicks, like, uh -huh. as in, you know, they... Okay, they wouldn't have their hair out all glamorous wearing miniskirts right. and high heels. Right, Let's right, put it right, that right. way. Sure. So there was a hardcore stereotyping of, all right, you're a boy chick, you're a tomboy, you're a, you know, you hang with the boys, you do jujitsu. Okay, cool, you're one of the boys. If you're a chick with a bit of glamour to you, you're it's just you thing. you in the corner. We don't take you seriously as an athlete. So, so what made that's you want to do? What I dealt with the whole time. So what I made you want to do it then? I was a serious athlete, and uh, I mean serious. Yeah. Like, it's not many people I know that could do rope climbs with no legs, with their like off the floor, up and down four times, right? Damn. Do you know what I mean? Like, this is my training, mm. and so I was a serious athlete, but constantly with this attitude of like, oh no, we just put her in the corner. It's like, oh. So at the start, I was proving to them, whoever they were was, mm -hmm. the jiu-jitsu community, which were the males, mm -hmm. because women weren't leading at all then. Um, and then, and then, but also just proving to me, yeah, I knew I could do this. I knew I'd found my thing. It just felt right. Mm. Yeah. Do you remember your first submission? No. You don't? <laughs> no, but I, I don't. But I remember it was quite easy for me to stay on top. Okay. Like I, because my gymnastics, I okay. could float on people quite well. So ah, they'd okay. bench press me off and throw me off, but I'd still find a way to just sort of stay on. I'm like, okay, mm. cool. Nice, <laughs> nice. It, what, what, what city are you from? Uh, where, where I was born. Born, yeah. Oh, Melbourne. Melbourne, okay. Australia, yes. Uh huh. Nice, mm. nice. And uh, and who was the who who were the what was the lineage? What was the jujitsu? Uh, who were the people? School. So I I spent the bulk of my time training in Australia uh, with Dominance Jiu-Jitsu. Dominance Jiu-Jitsu. Which is uh, John Will lineage. John Will got the his Machados. belt from Machado. Uh-huh, yeah. Um, Hegan Machado, uh -huh. yes. So that was my lineage for duration, actually. <clears throat> um, and then I moved to the United States and then got my brown belt from Hegan. Okay. Um, he was, he was looking out for me and sort of watching me there and just helping me in the United States and pretty much brought me out actually. Yeah. And then um, <coughs> I moved uh, to Vegas and I got my black belt from Robert Drysdale. Mm -hmm. Had some kids there while I was at it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then 
you know, I'm doing really doing my own thing. Yeah. Um, just really focusing on. H- how did you get into competing? What was that? What was that? Because um, I remember I, I remember hearing about you like dominating. You know, back in I, this is back when there was no. You know, it was it was like there was, I think there were still magazines and stuff. I think at the yes. time. Yes. And I remember funny. seeing your name, and it was like this Australian. You know. It's, yeah. So I remember, I think it was like those grappling, grappling magazine kind of days, you know, I remember seeing your name and. Yep. Uh huh. So there's not a lot of footage of me competing. And one of the reasons is because all the social media came out kind of basically the year, my last year of a lot of competing. Mm. Like Instagram really rose in sort of 2014 and 15. Right, right. Yeah, so there's So was it was the last year of you competing? Um 2014. Okay. With <laughs> yeah, last like like yeah. me, yeah. Right, okay. <laughs> I thought there was you know Scotty from on the mat. Yes. You know, if I those guys weren't recording, you know, yeah. I was out of it was before iPhones, right? Totally it was. <laughs> and so people say I want to see more of your matches and I'm like, "Well, sorry." Yeah. The part of it was too, I was a bit of a rogue, you know, I was just sort of floating around trying to find myself and find my space. Mm. Um, so I'd often go to tournaments kind of by myself. Yeah. It took an extreme amount of strength. My journey has been. Did you move directly to one. Vegas or were you, were you, uh, in, uh, in another city when you first moved from so Australia? I, I first moved to California. Okay. And the only person I knew like really that when I moved over there was Hegan. Okay. So it was a gutsy move. Okay. Yeah. So I literally threw all or caution to the wind and just followed my dream. I knew, and I said this to the ladies in just that I taught today, uh, your, your students, uh-huh. um, <clears throat> one of them asked me why I started jujitsu and mm-hmm. like what I thought about it first off. Mm-hmm. And um, I made a declaration after, you know, very first couple of sessions that I was going to be Australia's first female black belt, mm. which was massive because at the time, the highest ranking female was a blue belt. And there were only three black belt males, I recall, in Australia. And so I was isolated in Australia, so it was a massive statement. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I'm sharing this. Like unthinkable, you know, really unthinkable, yes. yeah. I'm mm-hmm. sharing it because I want to be that living, breathing example, or one of, mm-hmm. that you can achieve anything you put your mind to. Um, and. It just because someone says, no, you can't do that, doesn't mean it, you, it, it can't be done. You know, let, let's look at the four-minute mile, mm-hmm. right? right? The guy broke the record and then someone else broke his record literally like a month and a half later or something insanely close mm-hmm. because it was programmed in people's minds that it could actually be done. Mm-hmm. We are our biggest enemy when it comes to limiting ourselves. It's our own self-limiting beliefs that hold us back, not anyone else's. So if you just choose to believe in your truth and you walk your path, you are capable of achieving absolutely anything. You're an example of that. But female, female, not only a female black belt, right? But first, Aust- yes. Australia, right? But everywhere, just anywhere to become, in those days, you know, it's really something people, they can't, they don't have the idea of how hard it was. No, they mm-hmm. do not. But... Um, and especially... So respect, big respect. <laughs> being Australian. So I didn't mm. fit. Mm. I was a rogue in every sense of the word and they didn't want me to win, basically. They didn't want me to win. Mm. Um, it was quite disheartening, but, you know, resilience. I have that resilience. So there's there was that part of my 
journey rising up and training, competing. Mm -hmm. Now, I moved on to another phase in my life, which was to become a head professor. Mm. Now, that's also, if I'm to be frank, where I'm also paving the way. Mm. Because I am out there. I am in the front. Mm. I am leading. I am teaching. And I'm setting that example that ladies out there, it can be done. Mm. This job isn't just for the men. It's for the women too. And the women need it. They're asking for it. They want it. There is a place for it. And so there's that as the head professor. I've probably taught more seminars than... I don't look I don't know I've you know I teach I travel it's amazing I love it there's definitely a place for it right but now the next step is moving forward as a businesswoman mm. I run businesses in jiu-jitsu mm. I do stuff that a lot of men don't as a woman a rogue woman you know I have online programs I yeah what's the name of your your website so um it's sophiamcdermott.com mm-hmm and um, there's you do. I see you do fitness, fitness things as well, right? Yeah. So mm-hmm. I've got actually three different streams. Uh, one is online jujitsu program focusing on women's specific jujitsu, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? They join me and they get a, a training dummy called Barry, and they work with Barry, and they can a training the, dummy. Yeah, <laughs> squash the crap out of Barry and have fun with him. So it's a, a, an actual dummy that people can buy. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, it's part of the program. Okay. He's custom made. Oh, wow. So he fit, he's better fit for women. It sounds kind of weird. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you ordered, you actually made this this dummy and then you, yeah. sell, you sell them? Okay. Yeah, it's part you, of the you program. You ship them out? Okay, cool. But uh, it's unique. It's not taking away from anything. It's icing on the cake. It's mm-hmm. adding. It's like very, very specific. And just like I talked today, it's covering scenarios and situations, mm-hmm. right? And it just provides that community. So mm-hmm. there's the women's online program, um, sophiamcdermott.com. But there's also the other part, which is the health, fitness and nutrition. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of athletes uh, for years across my path. Sorry, I'm certified nutritionist and functional fitness trainer as well. So that's what I did during my days working up, you know, like that was my career after Mm -hmm. I left fashion. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So um, uh, basically a lot of athletes would come my way who were chronically overtrained and just under eating and not taking care of themselves. And so what I started doing for a long time was just really creating lifestyle plans and then I've moved it all online so people can just have access to so many of the amazing resources that mm. I have with my workouts and uh, lifestyle plans and recipes and all that. And then the last one are my events and retreats. So okay. I've been running lifestyle camps for the last cool. six years. Nice. Mm, and I've just partnered with a company actually to do more luxury high-end retreats nice. as well. So nice. VIP. Stay tuned for that. Yes, nice. VIP. Nice. Where, what are some of the places that you've uh, you've booked and, and so, had um, retreats at? Mostly on the East Coast. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's just a bit more demand, actually. Okay. Mm. Like like uh, Florida. And okay. Yeah. So there so i think of east coast i think of cold like cold and <laughs> like oh. uh, like you're talking about like oh, new york yeah. or more florida more florida okay. it's always warm okay beach. so the 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 drawing card is beach and jiu-jitsu okay basically i did organize a couple of like mountain cabin type retreats and they really didn't take off the same way mm. i'm like okay well i tried that <laughs> i think i'll keep it at the beach cool mm. so um did you surf when you were younger you know, I get asked that question often and yeah. it just amuses me because I 
really scared of big waves. Really? Yeah, like ankle deep only. <laughs> I, I hear you. I went. I got. I went surfing. Was it yesterday? I got crushed. <laughs> not well, that, but I've been crushed worse, you know. But uh, it's yeah. scary, right? <laughs> yeah, I. I'm not good around water. I need mm. to be near it, but I don't like going in it so much. So yes, something is. Daring as surfing is definitely not on my book. Um, Australia, though, has big waves. Yeah, yeah. Like big waves. Uh-huh. You know, I grew up going to Portsea Back Beach and stuff. Those waves are ferocious, mm-hmm. like terrifying for a little kid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Which is, I was just curious, right? A lot of, a lot of great Australian uh, surfers. surfers and yeah, yes, for it's sure. wonderful waves if that's what you love. But mm-hmm. if you don't, then they're just terrifying. Do you, have you ever heard of TACFIT? You saw the, I'm sure, the, like the logos and stuff at the in that one room, right? Yes. Because mm-hmm. back in the day, like Scott Sonnen, the founder of the system, he went to Australia and it was it was you know it was getting get moving moving quite a bit. You know, he went to like Perth and uh, I'm not sure if he went to Melbourne, but you know, just curious. You know, we use like the club bells. I've heard of it, yeah. Okay. I am a bit out of the loop, though, with Australian stuff, to be okay. honest. I've been here so long now. He's, he's American, years. Scott Sonnen, oh, the founder okay. of TACFIT, you know, but I yep. was uh, just curious, you know, if you mm. had heard about it because he was, it was getting, uh, it was growing a lot in Australia when he was involved and he was going down there. Fantastic. Some some years, yeah. But I got I to gotta show you. We got to make you an ambassador or something. Oh, it Get involved, good. yeah. All right. Because <laughs> it's the best thing for, like, you know, mobility and just the real real strength. And I'm sure you would really appreciate it being a gymnastic, gymna- gymnast and all that, you know? Yep. Jiu-jitsu black belt. It sounds good. Yeah. Yeah. And all the things that you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, well, like health, health first and, mm-hmm. you know, just taking care of the health and being healthy. Yes. Yeah, health and lifestyle balance. Mm-hmm. A lot of things too. It's the mental aspect I focus on too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What kind of um, you, you know, you talk about the um, uh, like the mindset things, like new newness, and then are you talking about lifestyle? What are some some of the lifestyle? What are the the benefits that you 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 you're you're mentioning or thinking about? So. Mm, On my social media and just my stuff, it's all sort of nice, pretty photos and food recipes or some jujitsu techniques. But the way I roll, like who I am, Mm -hmm. is I go deep. Like I just go deep right off the bat. Um, And people who know me and meet me, they they realise that. But so with that understanding, I've I've realised that jujitsu and uh, making some serious goals in changing your your lifestyle for health it's in the mind Mm -hmm. it's all in the mind and so a lot of stuff like i sort of bring up or address is you know what's going on in your life what's your mindset and then sort of trying to just work through things like well you know what's your driving force why are you doing this why would you be wanting to make change what are the habits why why uh, are those your habits Mm -hmm. and what do you need to do to break them and Mm -hmm. stuff so yeah, it, it, it goes deep, mm-hmm. um, especially with people I work with for the uh, nutrition stuff, <clears throat> you know, emotional eating. To be able to, to change your uh, your behavior, right? Absolutely. It's all yeah. in the mind. Mm-hmm. So uh, why is it that one person can just make the changes right away and why is it that someone else really struggles to make those changes? So what's going on in the mind? Mm-hmm. What, what else is someone dealing with and, you know, 
So I, I just go deep right away. But I find that it's all concepts and so that that mentality can be taken forward into creating a healthy lifestyle, creating things on the mat, attitudes on the mat. I, I love co- when you say concepts, right? Because concepts is kind of more general in a way, right? Yes. And uh, And because everybody's so different. So to say for you, a person to do something very specific, you know, um, it's it doesn't work right because everybody's so different. So when you see, when you talk about concepts, it's kind of for everybody, and then they can make it specific for what they need. They can take right. They can all everybody can take something from that. Yeah. And make it their own. Yes. Right. Yeah. With jujitsu techniques or or you know diet right. Mhm. So what are those what are those um, you know concepts like nutrition for example that that you you share? Uh, like a food or a mindset. And as far as food, what are some general or general okay. concepts? Oh, all right. Um, I have very been interested in nutrition for many, many years, mm. but nutrition from the uh, perspective of actually how it can heal you. And the reason why is because I was actually a very sick kid in and out of oh, hospital. Oh, really? Yeah. Very sick little baby. Wow. That had chronic as- asthma. So I used to have these attacks and pass out and then wake up in the hospital with drips and stuff. Wow. And, you know, um, I actually still have some scars from ripping out drips out of my arms because I just was fed wow. up with it, right? Wow. And so <clears throat> um, when I was 10, so I had obviously there's this massive turning point in my life around 10 or 11. Um, I defied my pediatrician. He wanted to put me on even more drugs. I was on so many corticosteroids that were rotting my teeth. I H- was how old were you at the time? I was 10. Oh, so, you're that I, old? I dealt wow. with the, all this all these years. So I was wow. the kid that grew up not having lunchtimes out playing with the other kids. Wow. So um, I would sit there with the ventilator for and the then hour you went, you went while they were out playing. Complete, you went complete beast mode on gymnastics. Yes, yeah, so I was... A genetic freak in the sense of my strength and muscles, mm. but I was sick. Mm. So I was not able to show my genetic freakiness. Mm. I know it sounds weird, but like it, when I had a chance, when my breathing was okay, I found that I was always wrestling with the boys. Mm. <laughs> so, you know. Um, so, yeah, every morning, every lunchtime, every nighttime, I had to have this big ventilator thing and all these extra medication and drugs. It was just horrible. Asthma attacks over anything. Like I'd walk past a field of um, freshly mowed grass, mm. send me off. And um, so I started realizing when I ate red jello and cheesecake and other stuff that they'd give me at the hospital that I would have an asthma attack. I'm like, mm. and I was six at this stage, wow. observing. Mm-hmm. And uh, so then. Fast forward, got to about 10 or 11 and I defied my paediatrician because mm. he wanted to put me on more drugs because I failed this breathing test but I realised I had a bowl of ice cream the night before and I stood up to him and said, no, this is what's going on. Right? I need right. to take mm. care of my diet and what I put into my body. And we started arguing. I stood up, literally argued with this mm. dude and I turned around and I said to my mum, mum, don't take me here again, take me to someone that knows about healing. She took me to a naturopath. And this guy, within three weeks, turned my life around. And so ever since then, uh, and that's when I started gymnastics and I put on 12 kilos of muscle in one year. Wow. So the, the genetics were there, right? Wow. Like 24 pounds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> more than 24 pounds, yeah, wow. I had to go shopping more than wow. once in that year. Um, yeah, but uh, so 
at the start of my own journey on my own learning on food to heal and it's so much more in depth than what you'd learn as like a certified trainer or in just other stuff Mm -hmm. because yeah that's been my journey so i've i've really understood how food triggers stuff in the body um from an inflammatory perspective Mm -hmm. and then Mm -hmm. where that manifests how it affects your immune system and how it affects um autoimmune Mm -hmm. issues Mm And uh, so I help with a bit of that. Like I'm not a doctor or anything, but I I understand that there is a mainframe of food that generally triggers inflammation that doesn't end up well, like the result's not good. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, yeah, and I live my life by that. So people used to make fun of me saying, oh, well, she can't eat that because she's got to be ripped and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, you don't understand. I'm doing it for my health because if I do eat it, I can't actually train. But it's been good. Every cloud has a silver lining, right? Because that's what's kept me in shape. And I'm in my early 40s. So that's that's amazing. Uh, but, you know, still with a six-pack after Yeah, kids, yeah, yeah. Right? Cool. Yeah, so concepts going back to the food, right? Mm-hmm. What are some some basic rules, concepts people okay. should stay with, stay, stay away from? Yes, I think there's just some overalls that aren't so good for us, but they're like a mainstream American diet, basically. I think it's one reason why there's so many people that are sick in America. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So, and and not happy. I think food affects your mind. For sure, right? Mood. People are depressed, they're taking that day. Yep. Depressant medicine, it's all about the medicine, right? Yeah, so it, food affects your body and your mind, right? And uh, for the doctors, anyway, <laughs> for, for the medical, uh, <laughs> same everybody, but you know, a lot of the mainstream, yeah. Medical. So, these are foods that are so part of the culture, but really, in my book, should just be eradicated. Mm-hmm. The first one is um, processed, refined white flour, mm. so bread, basically, um, anything from that, like pretzels, cakes, pastries, all of that. And it's not so much. <clears throat> Flour back in the day, 10,000 years ago, was was different. The grain itself was different to how it is now. It's become so highly processed, processed and refined yeah. that um, it, our bodies don't recognise it. Mm-hmm, our mm-hmm. ancient gut, our digestive system, yeah. doesn't know how to read it. And it, so what it does, it sends the alarm bells going, what's this? And it creates that inflammatory effect, which then leads to other things. So it's the modern refined wheat grain. Um, a little bit earlier on, I would have said, well, sugar mm. and dairy. Mm. Um, and dairy, once again, is okay if you're having it kind of in its raw form, like straight from a cow type thing. But it's, you know, pasteurized, homogenized and all sorts of chemicalized. Well, I mean, what do they give the cows these days? Mm-hmm. Right? Um, <clears throat> so they're probably the main trio of highly inflammatory stuff. And I do not touch them. Although... I will say, <laughs> confession, I had some brownie and ice cream last night. But I had, it like, a, just an insane, crazy trip. And I just, like, whatever, whatever. It was my treat day. Um, anyway. You had, like, five, six cancellations on your flight on the way over here? My flight, yes, <laughs> absolutely. From Ve- York, Vegas times, to yes. Burbank, but, yeah, yes. six cancellations. Um, and then just some more craziness getting to the hotel. And at the hotel, quite obviously, <laughs> someone was... Or a bunch of people having a lovely fun party all night. <laughs> <So> <laughs> Not sure what they were doing. Actually, I think I do know what they were doing. Uh, but the result is that I didn't get much sleep. So, um, 
But yeah, okay, so those three for the food. But let's go a step further because the way um, they push uh, fast food. High fructose corn syrup. Mm-hmm. Do not touch it. It's And it's so disguised in everything. So, you know, you might order pancakes. You're mm-hmm. not getting maple syrup on your pancakes, which is from the tree, right? Your body recognises it. You're getting an artificial liquid thing that's made in a lab full of chemicals okay so you're not even we're not even aware of what it's crazy right people aren't aware days. like they're drinking gatorade and they're thinking like oh it's health right because of the marketing and all that but it's like high fructose fructose corn syrup. syrup with food dyes so food dye fdc and e those those are bad like i've seen the, the kids i used to teach at gymnastics mm-hmm. when they would eat that and then they would go wild Oh my God. Especially like in other See countries, like, you know, like third world, like, th- do you think Gatorade is like the, you know, like the, I don't know, the the supplement, right? The, the it's good for you. Rockstar of drinks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> no, so, so there's, there's the high fructose corn syrup. Gatorade is like highly acidic too. I, I just yeah, yeah. Threw it. Anyway, so, but then um, partially hydrogenated. Uh, vegetable oils mm. like uh, so like the stuff they put in the skippy peanut butter and um, <coughs> just a lot when of they have all that sugar in as well in the peanut yes. butter mm. but so it's the oils that have been highly refined mm. for convenience for storing and cooking mm. that's in all of our to-go food mm. right um, that is highly inflammatory it's got a really high uh, ratio of omega-6 um, uh fatty acid and people are like oh but it's vegetable oil i'm like oh my god do you um the the oil that most people cook with canola oil mm-hmm. okay here we go uh that was actually made back in the 1950s in canada but derived from um oil that we was used for sewing machines and machinery crazy and then they put something in it to make it or took something out starts with e that made it uh not taste disgusting and now that is used for what we use for cooking. Yeah. So it's all that stuff that's just so widespread in our diet, we don't even think of it. But what that over time is it's creating chaos inside our bodies. Poisoning our bodies. Yeah. yeah. I was sharing with you earlier, right, about my, you know, it hits home for me, right? Uh, I was like every five years they make you do a brain MRI for fighting. And I didn't pass my last fight medical because uh, because they found these lesions in my brain. Wow! And then they right they uh, sorry they said sorry you know uh, and prescribed me or gave me a stack. They didn't even prescribe me yet. They just gave me a stack of you know drug catalogs or books and to let me decide which ones I wanted to take. And I looked them all up. I actually looked them all up. And, uh, and so this, great you did that research. Yeah, and it says it may or may not help you, right? And but there's side effects. Yeah, and the list is. Yeah, you know, forever, and I'm like, right? man, like, like, isn't there something else? Isn't there another way? And so, I asked the doctor. I remember at the time, can I still do jujitsu? Right? And he's like, yeah, it's okay. I was like, all right, cool. So I started competing and and uh, getting out there and you know, because I was like, you know, you start to. They said also like you're probably gonna end up in a wheelchair, you know, and it's that that wasn't cool, you know, because you're like. You're already like kind of like you don't know what's what. But if I didn't have my background in martial arts and whatever, like you kind of don't accept, right? Like this is the way it's going to be. Like you know, yes. you see. And I didn't really take it to heart, you know. I just you That's find one a way. Of my pet peeves. You find a way, but like between that and that, it's like 
you know, I, so I went out there, I competed, and I, I you know, really like put my heart out there because I was like, what if I can't do this in six months, you know? Yes. And uh, I'm going to go out on my shield. And I uh, had some uh, like uh, moments, you know, where I was like, man, I just, I actually had a, it was the, one of the moments was going to, it was my last, I did like a, like a little bit of like a world tour and stuff. And, and uh, I won some ter big tournaments, big, some big, good names too, you know, in the process. Uh, and uh, my last one was just the random IBGF tournament in Madrid. And um, uh, I was, I did like a tournament every weekend leading up to it, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I was like, that wow. morning of, or the night before, I wasn't feeling good. Not to take over the the podcast, you know. But uh, but uh, then the next morning, I was I couldn't eat. I was wasn't feeling good, and uh, and then I competed. I became friends with the first guy I was going to compete with. We talked before, and then he dropped his weight on my stomach, and and I felt like I was going to throw up. And so then after the match, I, I lost the match. It was a it was a three person in, in the division, and um, and so I threw up after the match. Mm. You know, yeah. and I luckily I didn't do it during the match because right it would have been DQ'd, <laughs> and I had another one. I even you know just yeah it was it was bad, and then I was feeling so bad, and the guy was like, hey man, you, you should do the open weight, you know, and I'm like man, I'm like I was I was crushed, you know. Actually, what happened when the second match I was I threw up, I was like you okay? I was like yeah, let's go, and I got choked unconscious. I had never been choked out unconscious ever in training or anything. Just, you know, it happens, right? But yeah. it just had never happened to me. You just felt so bad. I was so out of it. Yeah. And I was really, like, demoralized. And I was like, man. And he's like, ah, just put your name, whatever. Maybe you feel better in a couple hours. And uh, and um, so I put my name down. I was like, okay, fine, you know. But the first guy I went against, and uh, was, he, he talked me into doing it. So I did it. I was like, what am I going to do? Feel bad for myself at the hotel room, right? And so I did it, and uh, and uh, I remember like I, you know, I couldn't drink water, couldn't eat. You know, it's like you have like the flu, right? When you when you like food poisoning. Uh, anyway, I uh, I uh, um, ended up before the match saying I believe in my technique, and it kind of made me feel good. Just talking about the mindset, and I just mm -hmm. kept saying it over and over and over for like a few hours. Mm -hmm. And I went out there, won my first match, second match, third match, and and won the open division, and then That's did fantastic. the nogi, yeah. And I, you know, I always say like it's my, I don't know, one of my proudest like accomplishments. It was just some random yes. brinky dink like you know IBGF tournament, but it really made me believe in mindset. Yes. That anything you think, yep, you can do. And Absolutely, it was a beautiful it, story. And it made me believe that I can beat like the MS diagnosis, the multiple sclerosis diagnosis. Yes. And I, I think you can. The mind is so powerful, honestly. So one of my pet peeves, just quickly to interrupt yeah, your lovely yeah. story, uh -huh. is um, you know the doctors are full of knowledge, right? Right. A absolutely. Right. But we tend to put them on a bit of a pedestal, mm. and what we do is that we doubt our own inner knowing, our own bodies, Intuition. our own minds, and listen to their authority. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Now, who is that doctor to tell you that in six months' time you could be in a wheelchair? So someone that hasn't had your background with your martial arts training and which builds on that character and that mental strength, mm -hmm. how do you think they would have responded to that news? That is seriously one of my pet peeves with this whole system, this patriarchal medical system because that authority figure has then planted that seed into that person's mind mm -hmm. 
Now that mind is then telling that person that they're going to be in a wheelchair in mm-hmm. six months. So, like, is it a self-fulfilling prophecy or not? Do you know what I mean? It's like, what if you got a doctor who came across and said, you know what, this is what we found, but there's so many options here and you can absolutely beat this and there's not a seed of doubt in my mind that you won't conquer this. What do you think that person's going to feel and the action that they're going to take moving forward? It's so crazy, right? And Because yeah. that fight doctor, he was the fight, the fight doctor. <laughs> he, was the, he was the guy who does all the medicals in California. So they get they all the fighters get sent to that guy. So just to have that, not even have that discussion Absolutely. with 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 me well, was kind of mind blowing. A hundred percent. So even from that, that background, that's not even right. Fighter, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> so, but that's come my way all the time. Yeah, like yeah. Constantly just uh, dealing with my own issues with injuries, yeah. my own issues as a kid with asthma, and then working with so many people in the field. Like there's a l- so many people that cross my path and they share me this with their stories, and I'm like. No girl or no guy, you got this. Like, yeah. Don't listen Ask to that. Ask questions, right? Do your research uh-huh. and march down, march the beat of your. Find your own intuition. Your own fi- follow your own yep. intuition. We have that in, that that intelligence, right? Yes. Infinite intelligence, yes. all inside of us. We d- we, we have really the power. Do. Um, and you know, I'm sure we've all heard of that. We only use a small percentage of our brain capacity, or something. Um, Okay, this whole thing totally intrigues me and I'm going out a little bit, Mm. but I won't spend too long on it. No worries. Okay. I'm like deeply spiritual. We'll make make them wait at noon. (laughs) I'll try try to wrap this up. But uh, deeply Uh, spiritual and I really... We'll have them get warmed up (laughs) by somebody else. (laughs) Rock off. All right, we're doing this and then just walk off. It's easy work. No, um, but I I like to ponder on really big things, right? And um, so there's our DNA and then there's all the strands in the DNA Mm -hmm. and they, they claimed it was junk DNA. How could something so divine have junk mm. in us that is our blueprint? Do you, do you know what I'm saying? And so it just makes you start asking these questions of like, well, is it junk DNA? Maybe it's just because science or scientists haven't figured out what it actually does, right? 100%. So, so this that's just one little example of questions that I've asked myself because – there's so much that we don't understand in this world and just because we don't have an answer for it doesn't mean that it doesn't exist or doesn't serve a purpose we just don't understand it right and i i believe that there's so much going on in our body like with the junk dna that perhaps we don't know how to tap into we haven't activated or something where we have the we have the capacity to a hundred percent self-heal i believe we also have the capacity for full-blown intuition where we can all communicate without actually opening our mouths Mm -hmm. and i believe that if we go in deep enough we can truly just feel and sense everything around us and tap into this universal source of knowledge infinite knowledge and energy it's all right there in front of us it's just that we might not be in a zone or a radio frequency to actually quantum physics quantum physics like right they can't you know all the the top scientists these nobel guys like they they they're humble they're always humble enough like we think but we don't know yes right yes and that that's so interesting i mean like albert einstein and whoever else right they they use we think but we, we don't know Right, it's a hypothesis mm-hmm. based on ideas, but quantum physics, you know, it's all in the eyes of the observer. Mm-hmm. Is that thing that we're looking at, that quark thing, is it a particle or a wave? Mm-hmm. And it acts 
based on what yeah. we decide mm-hmm. it will be. And mm-hmm. when we're not observing it, it doesn't behave. So that right there is evidence in my book of basically you being the creator of your life in every sense That's of the word it. based on your mindset. And if That's you tell it. your body to heal, I believe it will heal. That's it, right? Yeah, sorry. And I went a, no, yeah, again. but an atom, right? An atom is point nine 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 energy point zero 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 whatever one mass right the so nucleus it's so it's, ma- it's mainly space yeah, yeah. We're space so what we put in that space with our mindset and our thoughts mm-hmm. is everything yes so um there's this uh physicist called nasim harriman i've got a massive him, yeah. crush on him mm-hmm. like I, i'm i'm one of those people that just get so outrageously turned but turned on by like <laughs> hardcore intelligence and roguish like anyway sorry um you can edit that if you want but uh it's quite funny because i'm because i'm fit looking mm. men make the assumption that like all i want is fit mm. i'm quite happy with sort of not fit but super intelligence just for the record anyone no just kidding um, <laughs> so um but basically um he talks about all of this and all the space within the atoms mm-hmm, and the space mm-hmm. within space and and then I- is it really space and so if anyone's interested in all of this stuff um just check check out his his work yeah you know dr joe dispenza as well yes mm-hmm. i like um, a lot of he had the he's a becoming supernatural and he's got a lot of the great mm-hmm great works yeah uh, i've really enjoyed one of his books um breaking the habit of being yourself Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah yeah Yeah, and he talks about the same thing right with the an atom is that and Mm -hmm. 0.9999 right yeah and that's where you want to be yes and so where he goes on applying this on a practical level is um basically controlling your thoughts being in charge of your thoughts and breaking those habits. And that right there, actually, that circles back to what we were talking about, whether it's um, uh, changing or self-improvement and mindset on the mat or with your lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and uh, let's go beyond that too. Let's just go attitude on yourself. Like I know plenty of ladies that go into abusive relationships and then they'll go back into an abusive relationship. Mm-hmm. So what's going on in there, you know, so... Uh, it's it, it's it's covers everything that mindset of of just making growth, making your life better and growing mm-hmm. as a person. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah like well, like the you know the just kind of going to the you know the the, the my story with the jiu-jitsu journey and and then uh, my after that after that moment I found I went my subconscious speaking of intuition. Went, led me to attack for certification because I was friends with the the founder Scott Sonnen. Well, he was always kind with me, kind to me, and he helped me for one of my UFC fights, like the strength and conditioning. And it had such a big impact on me because uh, I got you know one of my I got like suplexed on my on my neck, you know. And usually it's like four to six weeks, right? On a lucky lucky way, maybe they just talk about surgery. They give you pain pills, and it never really fully heals, right? And he did an assessment with me, and he showed me some movements, and I was able to heal myself in a week. Yes, excellent. And it was that one thing that I never forgot, and that kind of, like, this is legit. This is, like, I can heal myself with movement. Like, what are you talking about? Nobody ever showed me these things. And then he did this whole blog on our training stuff, and I really, it really blew my mind, all the things that he was talking about. And so my subconscious took me to his cert, and after that, my, my jiu-jitsu, whatever, journey and uh, i started feeling 
better, you know, like week by week, like this, the harder I trained, the better I became, you know, it's a recovery based system, the world's yes. smartest workout. It's just all the right stuff that not only I needed to do, but everybody kind of needs to have implemented yeah. and thing. It's very precise, right? Uh, concepts, but then, you know, you can make it all the thing, all the pieces are there that you can make it, you know, for you not to be for like, a, yeah, yeah, for you. Mm. Um, but yeah, speaking of intuition and it makes you more intuitive. Yes. You know, intuitive training. It makes you more intuitive with yourself, and right, we all have the power within us. We do, and it's just a matter of listening to our bodies and tuning in. So I actually, I write for health and fitness magazines, sports okay. science journals and stuff. There's an article I wrote, <coughs> and it's um, about uh, basically cut, cut back on all the apps. Apps. Calorie counting apps. Yeah, and yeah, the yeah. Step apps and all that stuff. And actually just tune into the, the biggest, the best feedback that you'll get is your own body. Mm. So what I find f working with women <coughs> a lot is uh, disordered eating. Mm. And what, how that really exacerbates this disordered eating is um, the counting calories. So, all right, well, this meal's 350 calories and this and this and, and this has got 25 grams of carbs. Who cares? How do you feel, right? How do you feel? Mm -hmm. Are you hungry? Are you ready to eat? Or have you gone for eight hours without eating? How do you feel? Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And then each day might be different. You might just not want to eat that much that day. It's like you've got to tune in see, and feel um, because your body is your best feedback mm -hmm. system rather than some electronic thing that's been generalized for the masses, Yeah. calibrated for the masses. Yeah, and there's a lot of different factors, right? Yeah. Just like a doctor or whoever, like that, that thing isn't, shouldn't be telling you how you feel and how what you need for that Absolutely. day, right? Absolutely. If you're going to use these tools and apps and stuff, use it for motivation, but don't use it as your guide on how to live your life if you're looking at it from a health perspective. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Nice. Yes. Let's go back to jujitsu, right? Yes. <laughs> and uh, what, what are some... Um, recommendations tips you have for for girls you know doing jujitsu success tips for them to be successful you know yes. it's, it's very difficult not just for women but for men too right to y to go know, down this path it is it's a it's a tough sport i i mean i'm sure like uh everyone at some stage has walked into a gym in their earlier days felt a little bit of intimidation mm. or like uh you know it's like walking into a a gym full of muscle-bound uh, body-lifting dudes and mm -hmm. they're pros and you're trying to go, oh, what does that equipment do and that, do yeah. that? You know, it's the same thing. So I think particularly, though, with women, the way we're wired is what we need is a, a collective support network. Mm -hmm. So men work mm -hmm. in a linear hierarchy, mm -hmm. women work in a circular collective group. Yeah. group. Uh -huh. And the reason why it's so much harder for us is because we've been thrown into a patriarchal society, mm. system, world. And jiu-jitsu is a patriarchal system within this patriarchal world. So we are forced to fit into a system that doesn't actually work for us. So, mm. and this is why I do what I do. Mm. I'm here to add that feminine touch, which just rings true to our biology, basically, which is a collective system so my advice for all women starting out is to seek that female support mm. go to gyms where there are females already there mm. that have that welcoming nature not the bitchy competitive nature as well because there's plenty of gyms that have that and i have a theory for why that occurs mm. um and then and then work your way up and support each other together
My other thing is with a woman, you know, most likely you'll be training with bigger, stronger opponents, right, the men. And so speak up. Okay, like I understand that there's a respect, you know, don't turn down roles, you know, like as a black belt you can kind of uh, have a bit more freedom with that stuff. But if you... Talk to the professor, right? And talk to the coach. Hey, I I need this, I need that. Yes, have that... Hopefully the professor will have an understanding. But I'll tell you... Experience, intelligence. There is a lot of professors that don't. Mm -hmm. They have no idea how to empathise or relate or see anything Mm. from a 120-pound woman's perspective. Mm. So they actually need to be educated on that. So, but my advice to women... How do you educate them? Bring awareness to it in a non-confronting, accusational way, (laughs) basically. Yeah. yeah. Uh, A lot of men with women's stuff, they just need to have that awareness brought to them. So maybe you can just talk to the professor, right? Yes, uh, Yes. have that conversation but there are women at gyms that don't have a uh, support where they can actually freely talk to a professor mm. so you know i understand that the women can talk to you mm. openly and freely you'll be there to listen and support mm. but there's plenty of gyms around that don't have that so if if a woman is in that gym she has to take the reins she has to take charge because mm. she has to look out for her body and if she's 120 pounds or whatever, she has the right to say, no, I'm not going to roll with you. Like, no, mm. basically. Um, because she's the one that deals with the repercussions, not mm. him. Yeah. And there's been plenty of times where, you know, you, you could feel the vibe and he's like, it's like, oh, and he's like, oh, my God, he's using me as a measuring stick and he just wants to test me and see how good he is against me. You feel it. And then if you're just not up to it, you're like, no, I'm not rolling with you today. I'm not willing to be your measuring stick today. Mm-hmm. And no justification. It's just a no. So women tend to justify and apologise and all, and you know, because they don't want to ruffle feathers. We're, we're raised to, you know, always be the nice, accepting, you know, not make people feel bad. And I'm here to say, no, jiu-jitsu is confronting. It's real and raw. Protect your body. And if it means that you think you're hurting someone's feelings, then that's their, that's their issue. Yeah, yep. that's, 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 that's great. Thank you. Mm. Yeah. I, I, I wanted to, I just, you were talking about it before, you know, just how we all have the everything inside of us and the intelligence of the body. And I don't know, some years ago I did, uh, I did like a, a dissection of the body. I've been like fascinated, like all in on like neuroscience mm. and fascia. And up to like uh, the years ago by, but like up to like around 10 years ago, they would just cut away the fascia, right? Uh, and like it's not important. Fascia is like if you do orange, right? It's like the skin. It's around every slice, the white stuff, right? And every between every, uh, uh, what do you call it? F- a fiber, right? There's like a little white stuff inside yeah. of an orange, right? And so that, that holds everything, you know, within our body, right? It's, it's uh, you know, so it's the same thing. Our nervous system, our immune system, the inflammation, right? And our hormones and everything kind of travels through that, you know? But just the fact that, you know, it was cut away in medical school like 10 years ago, right? Just, it really fascinates me. And we're in a like much different place thanks to some of this technology. Um, and uh, yeah, just, I did a dissection going back to that. And uh, just, you know, <laughs> we, <laughs> we went all the way down to the bones from wow. like the skin. Yep. And, you know, it was hard for me the first day, but, uh, and we're amazing, you know, just from it's the organs and everything. Just, yeah, it's just like, who did this, you know, mm. who designed this, you know, mm. 
and uh, really respecting that we do have all of these gifts and we do have infinite intelligence. We do have, we have the power, right, within ourselves. Yeah. Well, and what's also interesting, like, so you've looked at the skin, the fascia, the fascia, the muscle, the nerves, all of it, right? Yeah, now, eyeballs, what's really interesting brains. <laughs> is that each section has its own consciousness. Yeah, yeah. And when I say consciousness, it's that each section knows what, it, what it's meant to be doing. Uh-huh. Each cell knows where it's meant to be. And what it's meant to be doing. We can go on and on, right? <laughs> it, it is. It's just fascinating. Um, when, when you understand all that, and I to finish off because we're probably getting close, to yeah. Pose, right. <clears throat> when you understand how amazing this is, and how well arranged and designed and perfect this is, that gives you a sense of gratitude. Mm. And I think that operating with a sense of gratitude for your body actually makes a difference to your health mm-hmm. too. So something I do every morning, <laughs> my kids know this. I wake up in the morning and I have a huge glass of uh, purified water with some lemon in it. Mm. It's the first thing I do. I don't eat before it, anything. And I stand there in my moment facing the sun <laughs> and I drink my water I, with the thought that this is going through my body, healing my body, honouring my body, loving my body. I am grateful for my body. I guess it's my morning prayer, but it's to me, right? And that sets the day off with mm. just a sense of gratitude. And my kids can be saying, Mummy, blah, blah, blah. I've literally got my back turned because I'm in my ceremony mm. of having gratitude for mm. my body. And they're like, oh, no, okay, just wait till Mummy finishes her big glass of water. Right, so it's just having gratitude for the simple things mm-hmm. that are with us every day, and I really think that that then just changes trickles down, things. right? Yeah, through everything sets the tone. Yep. There you go, everyone. You know my morning ceremony. <laughs> well, thank you, thank you, Sophia. Thank you for you know all your work and uh, in uh, you know nutrition, spreading the, the the right messages. You know the fitness, the jujitsu, women, women, uh, female jujitsu. Yes, you know, thank you. Uh, being, I know uh, being a uh, 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 a source, uh, uh, a strength, right for for females, you know that they can do it, they yes. can be successful at it. So yeah, look, we didn't we touched more on nutrition, but um, basically, you know, we'll have to we'll talk we'll talk again in the future. <laughs> we we will, but you know, if more women come and try jujitsu out, more women come for self-defense reasons. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it honestly is so empowering. So that's a big part of what, what I do, what I do. I want to bring women into this sport and help them stay in this sport because once they're physically empowered, then they're empowered mentally or all other aspects of their life. So that's pretty much it to sum it up. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you so much. Thank you for having me. Really appreciate it. Cool.